Hi there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa Coaching, and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, I speak to Godwin, also known as Degree Baba, a young, passionate, and purpose-driven man who has found his passion and now making a living out of it. I have known Godwin for a long time, and I'm extremely proud of his story and his journey. Welcome, Godwin. I'm happy to have you today on this episode. Please come on and introduce yourself and tell us what are the things you love doing. Hello, everyone. My name is Godwin. I'm 28 years, and I come from a small town in the eastern region of Ghana called Asasewa. I am the fourth born to five children that my parents have. Um, I started my basic education at Ebenezer Poetry School. And I went to Akomai Senior High School. For high school then, I did business administration at University of Professional Studies. Um, I'm very happy to be on this show today. Coffee and Stars to share my story, to inspire others to keep doing whatever they want to do or whatever they are doing. Speaking of what I like, I love to play video games and I definitely love my work. My work is more like fun for me. I barely have time to go out and have fun because my work gives me so much fun. Yeah, so that's basically about my self and what I love doing. Thank you. Ha! <laughs> I like the last part which which you said your work gives you fun. So I'm actually writing that. Now I want you to, I like to ask this question and now more than first, I wanted to learn about who, who are the kind of people that inspire um, people who are killing it in life. Yeah. But now more than ever, I like to ask this question because when people come on the show and I ask them, it's always like they give me a twist. So I just want to know who your role models are. Who are the people who have inspired you in your life? Well, um, I wouldn't say I have a, a, how do you call it, a person who inspires me, but um, the quest for success and the burning desire to prove people who do not believe in me wrong that's what inspires me to do whatever i do so i don't like kind of have like a particular person who inspires me or a rumor because doing what i do now nobody has ever believed in me and many people think um, i'm on the wrong course so I, I i i keep striving hard all the time to prove those people wrong and let them know that I could actually do it. And I don't take their word, word for it. But then I've chosen a journey or a route that I think is going to help me get there. So I need to make it work. <laughs> ah, interesting conversation. So this is what I mean, that when I ask people, who are your role models, they tend to tell me all sorts of things. And yours is also the first time I'm hearing this. Like, I can't imagine what people would tell me. Because now you said your role model 
um, you don't have a person, but you have situations that have inspired you or pushed you to actually um, work harder at the things that you do, etc. So those are your room. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, when we speak of role models, okay, someone, someone may say, oh, okay, um, um, have a spectre or let's say, um, they could probably mention somebody who is far away, but what I believe in role modeling is um, you need to have a direct contact with somebody who is uh, modeling your role for you. So, for instance, um, Araba Africa, Annette, I know you to um, like it to, um, how do you call it, support and defend women when it comes to issues surrounding women. You understand? So, if someone says you are their role model, they should be able to have a direct contact with you to guide their day-to-day activities. So, for instance, you are their role model and they need an advice or something. They should be able to reach out to you. But most of the times, we tend to pick people who are really far away. Maybe we watch them on social media, media we see them on TV. And these days, it's very difficult to believe um, social media because people fake it. You understand? So you might be you might be being you might be you might be led blindly for instance for example if i may say so yeah i believe in direct contact when i see somebody is my role model so uh, like maybe my father my father can be my role model because anytime i need a help i can go to him but then here is the case at a point in life my father even didn't believe in what i wanted to do so how could that inspire maybe he could inspire me in a different way or be my model role model in a different way because um, he's he's been a single father who's taking care of uh, uh, five of us. You understand? So when it comes to uh, being a father, I could say that my father is a role model. But for today's topic, the desire to succeed and then prove people wrong is what has inspired me to do what I do here. Okay, I I think that um this uh this particular question could take different forms, and I think as individuals, we look at them in in various ways, the ways that they resonate for us. So for somebody, it could be the story of another, and they may not necessarily have a direct contact, but they know the story, they know the journey of that person and what that person has done inspires right. them to work hard right. every day. So I think that it depends on the individual and how they perceive it. And I think that you also have brought your own perspective yeah, to it, which I truly appreciate. I want to ask you though, what do you do? What do you do for a living? You tell me what gives you fun. What is this thing that you do? <laughs> so um, um, I'm a business person. Okay. I'm a businessman. Like I, I, I run a business called Reflect Ghana and I'm a barber. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an employee in my business as a barber a colorist and then a hair coach and care coach as as say. okay so how did you come to find this love how did you what was the story like how at what point did you know that okay great i want to be a barber and i'm going to go out and do this thing and make sure it works what was this point tell us the story well, um, I, I come from um, a, a country where, um, um, when you are when you are young and you are growing up, and you've been asked like, what you want to do, we we almost we almost always um, fall on the white collar kind of jobs, 
like everybody wants to be a doctor, everybody wants to be a teacher, everybody wants to be a manager of a firm, everybody wants to be a pilot. Like so many white collar jobs, leaving the skilled jobs out, for instance, being a barber, being a hairdresser, being a carpenter, being a mechanic. You, you get me? So I've never, I've never wanted, I never knew this is what life is, was going to give me. But um, becoming a barber came as a result of um, life circumstances. So like I said, I was the fourth born to five children of my parents that my parents have. And unfortunately for me, my dad had to be a mother and a father at the same time. So you can imagine the pressure on him. It isn't as if like he had like a very, very good job that was paying, that could take care of all of us. But he struggled and tried his best. But it's not as if his best was enough. So um, we had to, we had to, we had to also help ourselves as children. So I started as um, as I started, I started, I started venturing into business at a very small age. So uh, right after JHS, I did space to space. That's like mobile telecommunication where you see people selling credit cards, you see people selling, making calls for people. Back then, it was very difficult to have a mobile mobile phone. You you rarely see people having a mobile phone. So they go to mobile telecommunication centers to make calls. It's funny how someone may get a call and then we would, they would have to send another person to go to their house, call them and come and pick the call. It's it's funny, but then I think technology is cool. So now <laughs> you can make those calls remotely. You know, we don't need to send someone to go and call some some other person to come and pick a call. So you get me. So I started by doing that right after JHS because uh, my father was trying his best, but it wasn't. It doesn't look like uh, it was enough for us. So I started like doing something on my own after JHS. So so from there I went to high school. High school, then I met a school that was a barber. So, like any school son would do in in high school, school that school son relationship is more of like the son saving the dad, like washing their clothes, cleaning their corner, fetching water for them, like ironing their clothes and all that. So, it was more like that. So, like um, a form one student like me who who met a school that like mine who was a barber so you can imagine my duties i don't know and it's can you can you can you guess my duties <laughs> when they finish cutting hair you sweep yes you'll be picking the equipment you'll be yes. cleaning the equipment yeah. you'll be doing stuff like that yes so i was basically running errands for him like keeping his barber supply stock always stocked up and then calling his next clients who were uh, 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 up for haircuts, like you said, sweeping, and you understand. So at the end of the day, every weekend, I realized that my school dad was making so much money from what he does because it wasn't as if it was free. Sometimes he gets provisions in exchange for his service. Sometimes he gets cash. And amazingly, that was taking care of us. Sometimes I don't go to the dining hall, like, you know, there, there are times for dining so you go for dining eat and all that but my school dad always was always taking me to the canteen the cafeteria for, to buy food because he was making enough there for some funny reasons i started envying him but then when i say envy anyone who is listening will be like because mostly we attach like a 
a wrong meaning to envy. When you say envy, people see it to be like a bad, like a bad way. Okay, but it wasn't the kind of envy that would um, push an individual to strike others down, but the kind of envy that pushed me to do more and be like my school dad. So I was envying him, but then I wanted to be like him. So the envy I had, the envious, like, um, how do you call it? Um, meaning I made out of what he was doing, was pushing me to also do more. So I, I wanted to learn the craft and then, like, be his successor when he leaves campus because everybody was coming to him. So I started studying him secretly. Then there was one time when a guy needed a fresh cut for a church program on campus. Then I told him that, oh, I could cut his hair because he was very busy and the guy needed the haircut so quick, ASAP. Then he was like, ah, how? You've never had it. You have never given anybody haircut before, so how can you do this? But you know, just for the mere fact that I was affiliated to the top barber on campus, the guy who needed the haircut was like, oh, yeah, I I have the confidence that he can do my hair. So on that ticket, he sat down, then I just gave him the haircut. Haircut, honestly, Annette, I didn't know what I was doing, but like, but then it turns out to be nice. But I just couldn't finish the hairline. So you know, in barbering, after cutting the hair, trimming the sides and all that, you need to give a hairline to make it look more nice and crispy. Oh, so I did that, and I couldn't do I couldn't do that. So my school dad came to finish that. Then my school dad was so surprised. I was like, "Wow, how come?" I was like, "Yeah, I've been studying you." It's a cool. So he took it upon himself to start like teaching me some lessons. So back at home, anytime we are, we go on vacation, my dad remarried somewhere later on, and then uh, my stepmom had this nanny that was taking care of her children that had um, that couldn't go to the barber shop because she she didn't get the money to go. If I should say, so I use her hair as practice. So I practice at home when I'm on vacation. I go back to school and cut my friends. It went on and on and on and on until my school dad graduated and left. Then, since my school dad left, I became the next big thing in Barbarian on campus. Everybody was coming to me. I started making money. So at that point, Barbarian was like a means of survival for me. Unlike now, that is my, that's my profession that I do. Back then, it was like a means of survival. So I was making good money. Now, I, I wasn't facing so much problems when it comes to money on campus because um, I wasn't getting enough from home. My dad, which I don't blame him for because he had so much responsibilities and burden on his head. I wasn't the only child she, he was taking care of. So I was okay. I could buy my textbooks now. I could buy some nice sneakers. I could take my friends and take off their costs at cafeteria. Like, I was doing so much for myself until I graduated from school. So, unlike um, any other students that um, when you graduate or vacate from school and you're going home, it's like you are on empty pockets. I don't know if you can if you can bear that with me because mostly we, we tend to spend all our money in school and then come back home, take, it, take some back to school. But then I went home with some good amount of money that helped me to finish my room, buy a TV, buy some couch, buy some bed. And my dad was like, like, how? How? It wasn't as if he was giving me so much money. 
Then I told him, yeah, I had to learn this code back in school, which helped me make some money. And that is why I've been able to do that right after school. I was like, wow, that's great. But then, Annette, in my house or my home, education was like a tenor. Like, it has to get to your ten before you can go, regardless of your time duration when it comes to your educational career. So right after school, somebody has to continue to a certain level before you can also start. So um, how do you call it? Financing the education would be very, very easy. It wouldn't be so much of a burden on my dad. But then I was also in a way like feeling bad about since I had to stay at home for some years before I can continue school. So I started cutting my friends for free because I wanted to make some money, maybe one way or the other, get that support from my dad so I can still go. Cutting my friends for free. And then at a point, I did one haircut for a friend. He met his brother and his brother was like, "Ah, who did the haircut for him? And he said, a friend of his did the haircut for him. But then the guy lives in the same town. His brother couldn't believe because in his mind, nobody in that town can do that kind of haircut. He has never had a haircut in the town. He always traveled to the eastern regional capital in Kofiria to do his haircut. Then he invited me over, told me that if, if truly I did that haircut, he was going to open a shop for me. So I ran. I was so excited because I needed a job. Then I went did a haircut for him. He liked it and he opened a shop for me. I ran the shop for a year, saved some money and I broke the norm in my house. I could have, I could have waited for two years before starting the university, but since I had some money to support myself, my dad pulled some string together and I came to campus at the University of Professional Studies. Studied for four years, but throughout the four years, I never gave up my career. It was still a means of survival until a point where one friend, I was cutting one friend on campus. I became a, camp, a household name on campus when it came to barbering. My friends were always resorting to me when it came to haircuts. I started investing the money I made from barbering into sale of sneakers. I go to Accra, Cantaman to pick some sneakers, come and sell it to my friends. I do thrifts, take it to the laundry, iron, put my flyers in there. And so, so I was kind of like having a two way or two way, two flow of income coming, like multiple stream of income. Then I realized the lady was about to open a salon. I collaborated with her, gave her the idea of adding the male grooming side. She listened and then I started working on campus. So now the point where a transition from me cutting her as a means of survival into a profession it's when I was cutting a friend one time and he told me that you are pursuing your degree and still cutting hair. Why don't you call yourself the Baba with a degree? So we promote it and you start making some good money out of it. I listened and like magic, it started working. Students from other schools were coming from Legon, from Radford, from... I mean, like, even individuals in town who are not students were coming to patronize the degree barber. So I sat with three of my friends. We drew a business plan and started focusing towards 
the end game after school because now barbering was not only giving my basic needs but i was also touching other lives i could borrow some money to some people like i could i could do so many things i even had to take money take my sister to the tertiary education because i had enough that i I could see from barbering and my little sneaker business so i realized that no it was way beyond survival now i could actually monetize it and then make some good money out of it so at the point where barbering started paying me more than i could consume and also when my friend realized that i could get more out of barbering and then branded me as the barber with a degree we developed a business plan that was when i realized that i could make a profession out of this okay so i actually thought i knew you but this story is is (laughs) it started longer than i i i can imagine and yes it's it's been a long journey. I actually thought the whole journey started just in the university, but this background you have given me gives me a lot of insights as to how the journey has been and how how long it has actually taken and um, where you've come from. I I see there's a clear sign of mindset here, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you a question regarding mindset. Because I see that from what you have done so far, there have been several points where you didn't you didn't just relax or sleep on on yourself. You you took a step. So in the in the high school, there was this point where you decided that okay, I'm going to understudy this person, even if it's secretly. And then they came up to say, okay, I'm going to teach you. Then you, you started in your small town and then you someone opened a shop for you. You did a great job and then that happened. You worked for a year, saved up money. You went to the university. Then again, you had to also work hard. And finally, now you've come and even recently you have opened a new branch of your business. You had one shop and now you've opened another one. I want to ask you, throughout your childhood, I, I, I don't know what made that shift, but... We are seeing you as a unique individual. You are, we are seeing you as distinct because probably you, you definitely think different than many people. Where did this mindset come from? How did you develop this mind where you are able to defy the odds? You see differently than many people. You do not just see what is out there, what people say to you, but you find a way to make things happen where did it come from i think i i, I would basically attribute that to um, the kind of family i'm coming from okay so uh, i come from a family where even though you have a family okay we mostly do things on our own so for instance my mom my mom when she used to be with my dad had always shared rules to us. Okay. So we had, in every family it happens, but I saw it to be a way of trying to groom us. Like any other child coming from my home will feel like, oh, 
it's normal when you are living with your parents they need to share rules for you maybe sweep your plots wash your own clothes and sometimes even even um, when it comes to food like you have to go to the kitchen tear your own like fetch your own food fetch your own soup and all that sometimes my mom does it for us but there are some points where you have to do stuff on your own so i i think at that point i started i started feeling that even though we had family or people to support us we are in this world as loners okay regardless of where we are coming from we are in the world as an individual for 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 example if your it's your dad's responsibility to take care of you and your dad is unable to do that doesn't mean that you would have to give up on life definitely not so at the point where i completed dhs and even JHS, when I completed JHS, my dad was like, I should um, go to the nearest high school in my hometown. I was in high school. But then I wanted to leave home because I didn't want to stay home. There, there has been some issues, like issues that I don't really want to talk about. Like, I just wanted to leave home. So my dad had not even wanted to finance my um, high school education. So the point where I started thinking, thinking differently is when my dad was like, if you don't want to go to the high school near our hometown, then he wasn't going to support my high school education. Okay, so we had that banter. My dad and I had that banter. But Annette, this is where um, the spirit of doing things on my own, the spirit of challenging myself, like the spirit of proving people wrong. So the first person I had to prove wrong was my dad. So I told myself that, okay, if he he wasn't going to support my high school education because he wants me to um, go to the nearest school and I also didn't want to stay home because I had issues, then I was going to do it myself. So that was when the space-to-space start, started. I wanted to make money. I made some money. I actually paid my um, high school admission fees. I went to the high school alone to seek admission. So I was in the queue. I can't remember very clearly. I was in the queue. There was a lady behind me and and then one guy in front of me. So we're in a queue. Then the senior house mistress, the uh, assistant headmaster, and then I think uh, one other person. They were behind they were they were behind the table. They called next person. Then the guy went after the guy, they said next. I was so short, very short, shorter than the table. So I went inside, sat down. And it's quite funny. The senior house mistress and the assistant master were still looking out for who was coming next. Meanwhile, I was sitting in my chair. <laughs> so at a point, <laughs> the senior house mistress stretched her, her neck and she saw my hair. She was like, hey, why is your mom or dad? And I was like, I came here alone. She said, wow, where are you coming from? I said, well, I'm coming from Asasawa. Then they were like, um, so what are you coming to? I was like, I was coming to seek admission because my results came and I had a command senior high school and I just came to seek admission. Okay, bring out your documents. I gave my documents to them and then they went through and they were like, boarding or day student. That was right away. I was like boarding because I really, really wanted to go to the boarding house because I had that experience. I had friends in the high school that was close to my hometown. It was very close to my house. So sometimes... In the boarding house, I go there, see them, see how they do their stuff. They wash their own things. They iron. Like, I had that edge to go. You understand? So, I 
enrolled myself. And right there, I should come back home. I stayed home on campus for some time. Like, everybody left. Around 6 p.m., then I set off, came back to my hometown. And I told my dad that day, I've had admissions. He was like, no, he wasn't going to support. Because he wants me to... My dad is very disciplined. Whatever he thinks is best for you, he does for you. But then, I also had that edge. To, I just had the edge to prove him wrong that I could I could leave home if I wanted to. So um how I paid my fees because my dad wasn't going to support. Plan International was running a scholarship for um the needy but brilliant students. And I happened to be a child ambassador to Plan International Ghana. We do um their child centered uh, child centered okay, how do you call it? I don't know. Rights some something like that. Like we defend children's rights. Okay, so we are we were like a team that supported the organization to do that. We we're like volunteers, ambassadors, child child ambassadors. We most of sometimes like um organize some conferences and speak on behalf of children and all that. So I applied and then luckily I had the um, um, admissions. So I started school. So the urge to prove my dad wrongs made me start thinking outside the box, start solving problems. So I asked myself, if my dad is not paying, what happens? I can I can always like be productive and make some money. You get it. So that's how I happened to start thinking outside the box. And I had a strong, very strong, even I still have that, a very strong habit of saving and relating so well with people because sometimes it may not only be about money you need people to promote and push you so yes that's basically it okay that's uh, a, a lot a lot of information right there to to take in and I'm, I'm very happy that you've come today, Godwin, to share this story with us. I, what kind of stereotypes have you had to deal with? So you are people in the earlier submission you had said, people, when you ask a child, what do you want to become in future? They have said uh, doctor or nurse, whatever they want to become. And you have chosen a barber. And within our... Uh, settings our communities the the people are very perceptive about what a person should and should not be what a person should and should not do whether it makes them happy or not they have an expectation of you and what you should become what has been your side of the story mm, there's been a lot of stereotypes okay um when it comes to my my dad Okay, now now he sees it differently. That's why you always have to believe in yourself because I feel when you listen to what people are saying and what the society thinks of you, you might easily shatter your dreams. So when I completed university, the university, and then I told my dad that I was going to open a barber shop and be a barber, he, he felt some way about it. He felt so disappointed and he even told me that if... I wanted to be a Baba. Why school? Why go through all the stress, him struggle, pay my school fees and all that? But I think he he didn't get he didn't get a drift, like he didn't get a point so clear. Like 
he he feels and same way other people feel it's not just on my on my daddy's side many other people feel that um the barbering profession is supposed to be left out to people who have dropped out people who have no hope and that is exactly how most barbers see themselves okay they don't even have the courage or the confidence to be bold enough and say i am a barber because they feel like the society looks so down upon their um, profession and i don't also think that in going to school has something to do with um um, um, not going to school has something to do with barbering because what i do now how i'm able to run my business is because i have had an in-depth knowledge about how to run a business i studied business administration i know more about how to run business administer people um, and keep your stock like how to um, how do you call it manage your people human resources and all that so that's basically what has been helping and pushing me to excel and get to the point where i am now so the stereotype of um going through the societal norms they say go to school make the good grace and find a white collar job but i feel like education is just a tool it's just a tool that is going to help you do whatever you can do in this life because i couldn't have been able to do so many things that i do and distinguish or differentiate myself from other barbers if i hadn't been to school so yes first stereotype came from what the society thinks they feel like this is the way and this is the norm to go and i i'd want to put it out there to anyone who is on the same course or story like me not to ever give up on what society like on themselves because society thinks things should go this way i mean we are in the era where um um there are so many trends new trends who knows these days making a video standing behind a video and then acting up or making a vlog for yourself is going to be making people millions back then before you get a camera and do all those things like it's even very very hard and rare but now things are changing you get it and then when it also comes to um my friends on campus okay they didn't understand why a student should be on campus and be cutting hair so they mostly i mostly like was a laughing stock on campus like maybe i could be working on campus and somebody one way or the other would go like hey baba then they laugh about it that's the baba that's the baba like eh. it was supposed to make me feel bad but i knew this is what is keeping me true honestly i had nowhere to sleep i was a pressure i patched for two years i had nowhere to sleep like i was patient so whenever they were laughing at me i, I didn't care because i knew it was working out for me so there's no need to be shy and funny enough when people think they are trying to pull or strike you down god has a way of elevating you and that's i i i think i attribute that to god because when these try to make fun of you and point fingers at you on campus that is when they even draw attention to you so for instance i'm working on campus and somebody say hey baba they try to laugh at me and all that others who are curious who like to know if it is true they come on my social media page see if he's actually a good baba and when they come and they see they come and try me for once they go come back and bring another person and amazingly it's money it's making me money so i i one way or the other saw some kind of grace 
in the disgrace they were trying to put at me. So yes, those were the two stereotypes I had. What society thinks and then set up for, for my friends we, regarding to my job. Hey, where <laughs> are the people calling hey Baba now? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. If you want me to emphasize on that, there are most of them in my DM always saying we are proud of you. Hey. We know where the story came from. <laughs> like and I read those I read those messages and I go like wow. God is not dead. Honestly, like <laughs> long messages, long messages. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's like, like, I'm so happy to see it. And then it's so nice. Like, it's so beautiful. When people actually look down on you and at the end of the day, they realize that, oh, he, he did it. It's very beautiful. You know, this thing that you just said uh, reminds me of, of, of something that, um, that I tend to say a lot, that when you are you are going on that path, you are alone, but suddenly you succeed and you gain new cousins and friends. Oh, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Oh, you yes. gain new cousins and friends, etc. Oh yes. And also the people that shame you at the beginning, you may try to find people, get in touch with people. They may not. Um, respond to you some some people will be rude to you some people will ignore you all sorts of things but the moment you continue and you succeed then those people become your fans they tend to say ah, we believe in you we are and, so and, and 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 they are the real fans they never die because they know the story they never go away those fans are the real fans they are the fans you don't even have to play with you understand so um um, um, there is this thing that I always tell myself. It keeps pushing me to always keep doing what I do. So I always tell myself that in case, for instance, um, you are looking for a yes, okay? You are looking for a yes. And you go to so many people and they tell you no or they say no to you. Annette, what are you looking for? You are looking for yes. So when people say no, that should even tell you to search or come more. Because to look for the yes. For, yes, you do look for the yes. So until you find your yes, never stop. You understand? <clears throat> Sometimes you fail. There are times when you fail. I can't remember a time when, you know, I'm that type who likes to make my money work for me. So if today I make um, a 20 series, I try to look for something that can change my 20 series into 40 series while I do what made me make that 20 cities. So for instance, I was cutting hair. I made 20 cities. I want to invest in a sneaker. I go buy a sneaker that can make me five cities profit. I sell that five uh, sneaker for 25 cities. Then whilst I'm doing that, whatever helped me make that 20 cities is also working. So now at the end of the day, I'll come and get a 45 cities. Okay, so I look for avenues to make money. So there was a point where all my life savings, okay, that time I was, I think I was in level 300. A friend brought a mobile phone, iPhone, iPhone 8 Plus. He says he was selling it. So I bought it at a very cheap price, 2,800. Back then I had only 3,200 as my whole life savings. I bought the phone for 2,800. And then I intended to resell it and make some profits. I got, I got frauded, duped, and then the person snatched the phone away. I came down, like everything came down. But funny enough, when you always have the spirit of fighting and always pushing, 
you don't give up. So I started all over again with 400 CDs. You understand? And funny enough, anytime I fall and I rise, it was always a twofold. So you're looking for a yes. You're looking for success. There will be, there will be, success is not a smooth road. We all know. There will be times where you go down. But if you're not successful, if you're not at the top, you don't stop looking out for it. Okay. So we are going to be rounding up um, on this conversation. And I, I I have seen part of the beginning, at least I have I saw um, before this shop, the first shop was set up. And um, now you have to, I can't imagine what, what you will have in the next five years. And I have to say, I'm truly proud of what you've done. And I'm 100% behind what you do and truly following what you love and your passion and all that you want to achieve and dream for yourself. I, I totally am happy to see you blossom and shine. Now, people who are also trying to do the things that they love to do, irrespective of how it looks like, <coughs> I am a firm believer of the fact that God has given all of us different skills and talents. So you cannot just be sitting there and saying, I don't know. You don't know what. <laughs> God has given everybody something, a skill, something that they can do to serve the world, to impact the world. If someone is contemplating on starting something or they've started and facing blocks, facing challenges, what kind of advice would you give to such an individual? All right, all right. So before I I address that, I I don't want to take too much of your time, but it is very important to this conversation. You know, when you called me for this show, Coffee and Stars with Arab Africa, I didn't hesitate because you are a strong believer and supporter of my dreams. Okay, so I need our listeners to know that, like, you are one of the reasons why I've been able to set up my first shop because at a point you supported me with a, a little it wasn't like something so huge. One way or the other, it had to push and then, um, how do you call it, close some pause and make the journey very smooth for me. So I would like to use this opportunity to say a very big thank you once again, even though I did. I would like to use this opportunity to say a very big thank you. But when it comes to people who are pursuing their dreams and love to build their school, my advice to them is to... Always keep pushing, regardless. Like I said, you are looking for a yes. Okay, if you don't find a yes, don't stop. And it's not like it's not. It's going to be. It's going to be easy. If it's easy, any other person could have done it. You understand? And money. One thing about money is that anybody could make money, but your ability to maintain and manage the money is one big issue one big problem that many people face they get the money and at the end of the day everything goes out if you are not able to manage money well you get and you lose it there was this book that i read that spoke about the fact that um, no amount of money could satisfy you if you don't manage your expenses you understand so you can be making 500 cities right now and you say your salary is too small Mind you, there is somebody who is making 100 cities and hoping that 
they make a 500 cities. But one way or the other, the person making the 100 cities is surviving, just as you are. So if you're unable to manage your expenses or what you spend money on, you will never be able to appreciate whatever comes in for you. And always keep saving for your dreams. You understand? Always have a purpose. Have bigger objectives, like long, a very long-term objective. Break them into mid-term and then short-term. Operationalize them day after day and keep working towards them. That way your life will be very meaningful. You have a very meaningful life. So when somebody is trying to distract you, when somebody is trying to waste your time, you just go back to your to-do list and go like, hey, bro, I got something to do. Okay? And it's not as if you don't have to make time for yourself, but it is well planned. That's the letter I have for people who are pursuing the same course like me. All right. Thank you very much. I see uh, comments here. Uh, Philip says, great interview fused with many lessons. I want to open the phone line briefly to see if any of our listeners wants to make a contribution to this conversation before we round up. All right. So it seems like we have a caller. All right, so Philip, you are on. You can make a contribution. And thank you so much for joining us on this conversation and um, spending time with us this evening. The floor is yours. Okay. Thank you so much um, for the opportunity. Um, great interview, Annette. And uh, Godwin, you've got a very inspiring and beautiful story and um, fused with many life lessons. And I hope... Um, you continue more grease to your elbow and uh, you continue to uh, shine the light with the talents that you have. So uh, all I want to say is um, keep doing what you are doing and keep winning, winning, winning more souls with, 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 with your passion and with your love for what you do. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Philip, for joining this and for the inspirational message to Godwin to continue to push him on his journey. All right. So it has been a truly uh, good conversation, Godwin, and I'm glad that you were able to make time for this conversation and also <laughs> uh, making me shy that you, you acknowledged um, the support, etc. I also appreciate you so much for what you do and your friendship and everything else. And I hope that we, we see more of you. You flourish in what you are doing. Uh, we bless what you do. And we hope that many more young people will be inspired by what you do. So if you have any last words, Godwin, I'll take it now and conclude the show. Thank you very much. You know, I keep, I keep smiling whilst you were giving your closing remarks. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but definitely there is, there is still more in the pipeline to come. I have my first shop, first and second shop, but that's not the end. Because I have a friend who always say that, like, you are doing so much. He tell, keeps telling me that you are doing so much. But I don't tend to see it, and then he comes that back to explain. Me. He comes back to explain why I he feels I don't seem to see it because he's always around me and knows that 
I am always up to something. I'm always planning something. So even when I get or achieve my goals, by the time I achieve my goals, before, for instance, I had a, I had a, a, a shop, but before I was going to finish the second shop, I also had another plan that I've started working on. So it feels like I don't, I'm not able to appreciate my growth and feel how far I'm coming because I'm always up to something. I feel like I've not gotten there yet. But people from far are going to see it. Like that's why you keep getting all those messages and texts from people saying that you inspire them a lot. So yes, <clears throat> by God's grace, we hope that um, our plans tends to um, envision or come to the reality. So yes, there's more to come. And I thank everybody for joining us on Coffee and Stars with Arab Africa. Long live Arab Africa. And we hope that the next time we meet on this show again, we have millions of people. Yes. Thank you so much, Godwin, for sharing your time with us this evening and all our listeners as well. Tosin and Philip for staying consistent on this call and for all other people who will listen after the fact. I am very happy that Godwin has shared lessons with us that we are supposed to stay consistent in what we do. We have to continue to persevere and not give up. We also have to learn how to manage our finances when we start making um, money. I'm so grateful that I'm able to do this and I'm humbled by all my supporters on this platform. It's been a good conversation here on Coffee and Stars podcast and I hope that we'll see each other at the top. Cheers.